Hey, Ethan. The All 82 Podcast is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Warriors ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? I didn't know that. That's pretty interesting. Also, Warriors ticket prices are a little bit uh, more, I guess, uh, reasonable this year than expected. Ooh, sounds like there's some deals. Yeah, you can come watch the Chicago Bulls, the legendary franchise of Michael Jordan. They looked pretty good tonight, didn't they? Oh, they looked amazing tonight. Well, Game Time uh, tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers and shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans. We're around some of them right now walking through the arena. Yeah, you can just see all these fans. A lot of them probably use the app. They look happy. They're smiling. Well, more than 12 million of them have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest, and quickest way to get into the game. The app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Now let's talk some hoops. Hello and welcome back to a victorious edition of the Warriors All 82 podcast. Mr. Strauss, uh, the eternal optimist of this season, has arrived right in time for another Warriors win. 104.90 over the pretty bad Chicago Bulls. I did become an optimist when it comes to this season, but much of the optimism is uh, it's predicated on losing. I mean, Anthony should obviously a very encouraging fun, rousing victory in San Francisco, but should they be worried? I mean, four losses in the lot. I mean, the four wins in the win column. It becomes the win column instead of the loss column. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's it's really a a mind-bender. But they're tied with two other teams. I don't know, and they've got a little bit of a spark. Should should fans be either um, hopeful that they win more or terrified that they win more? So they got an interesting road trip coming up. I see wins on this road trip. Atlanta has lost eight in a row. They are in Atlanta. Charlotte, I think, has lost something like six in a row. They're in Charlotte on this road trip. They're in Chicago. You saw what the Chicago Bulls look like tonight. They're in Orlando. Not that great a team. Miami, to me, is like the loss on the trip. Um, But they could pile up a few wins. And and then, you know, Russell will be back soon. Kevon Looney is going to be back on the road trip. Uh And not only that, they are gaining better players by the day with the guys that they have. You know, Omari Spellman of... You know, today, Omari Spellman of, of what will be December 1st is not the Omari Spellman that was November 1st. So, um, yeah, I kind of think they're heading towards maybe the sixth worst record in the NBA, not the worst record in the NBA. And that is quite that's quite a drop off. I mean, honestly, they looked like the leader when it came to the worst record, which at least cuts down your downside risk. The worst you can do in an NBA lottery at that point by league rules is fifth fifth and in this draft maybe there isn't a number one guy everybody is salivating over but you want to be in that upper tranche now if you go uh, second or third six is the worst that you can do but you start you start winning anthony you start winning whoo the one thing i say is that is when the flattened odds actually help you you know you have a team like the pelicans last year who it wasn't great for them to finish seventh seventh seems like kind of that death valley yeah uh but guess what the pelicans were the top overall pick because the flattened lottery odds they had a better chance and now they have zion williamson uh which you know who knows on that one but um i don't know i don't want to talk lottery odds this is a night we should not be talking about this you're right you're right this is a night to be hopeful about the warriors going forward in a way that is divorced from the lottery because a the pascal thing is continued it keeps looking pretty real uh another efficient bruising performance from him he he 
sometimes he doesn't get the ball enough because, you know, you have other people orchestrating offense, but when there's a mismatch, he tends to punish the mismatch. He had a very nice night. Um, and then additionally, the Samari Spellman thing where uh, he loses, man, what is it, 50, 60 pounds? Something unbelievable. Well, let's do the math here. 315, he said, was his like, kind of top pound total, and that was during Summer League. Uh, and now he is, uh, you know, I, I, I know he got under 260. So, two, you know, if you go 315 to 260, looks, that's 55 pounds. He looks like a small forward. It's, it's crazy. One of my favorite phrases I like to use when I talk about the aforementioned NBA draft is that uh, fat is potential in disguise. Now, you've seen that come true with certain draft picks. Higher profile, certainly, that Kevin Love, uh, a little bit pudgy, but he loses the weight, and then he's a completely new player, a better player. You wonder what this is unlocking in Spellman's game, and if they, they didn't just get Pascal in the draft. It's a basketball thing, by the way. That's everybody in their everyday life. Yeah. I'm sure you feel better. Oh, when, no, uh, I, feel, I feel better uh, the less fat I am, but it also also doesn't matter as far as how I do my job. It's less pertinent. You, you know, it's funny you say that. I kind of think I, I disagree. You know, if, if I'm feeling like I've had a bad few weeks of eating, if I don't feel like I've exercised in a little bit, I'm a little bit more sluggish. I'm I'm less energized at my work. My brain is moving at a slower pace. Uh, I'm less happy. Mm. And uh, I think we can translate that to Amari Spellman, who, you know, pretty intensely answered one of your questions tonight in post game, and I think is kind of talking along the lines of that, where me and you were sitting there like, give me your pound total. How much better do you feel on the wa- on the floor, floor uh, conditioning-wise? And he's basically telling us, no, it is not just how I feel. It's how my brain is, like, responding to it and how I feel in my everyday everyday life and yeah. that does translate on the court like if you're a happier you know more energetic person you feel better going to work you work better well i didn't want to get this deep but now that i think about it and the way he answered my question uh where it wasn't just about hey you know eat some vegetables and uh, hit the treadmill that there was a lot of emotional support that he was getting to help him get there and i think sometimes when people put on a lot of weight it's because they feel bad in their own lives and it's almost a form of self-punishment or they don't think that they're worth it and so it seems as though he was in that darkness and he escaped out of it and it it's really i mean if he becomes a rotation player at the end of it all it's an incredible story um and beyond that he's kind of fun to watch anthony and he's fun to talk to oh he's he's a great quote and I like how he can heat up from three. I think he's not shooting that great from three on the season, but he's clearly a shooter, and if he gets more opportunities, I mean, I'll put it this way. If he gets some of the open shots that Jordan Poole has been getting, they will go in. Um, and he's oddly a little vicious at the rim. I mean... That put-back dunk he had tonight was nice. Yeah, it really was, and... He doesn't put it on the floor so much after a shot fake, so I don't know if they'll be necessarily uh, having him do all that Pascal does, but uh, he could be a useful player in the league if he maintains this and he continues to grow. Um, another, you know, another another intriguing find for the Warriors, which still I think have around the worst record. But I, it's, by the way, it, that would make that trade look really good. They 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 got off Damian Jones, you know. Only had to use a very future second round pick and got, you know, they did it kind of to save cash and get it 400,000 more under the hard cap. Uh, but also, if they get a rotation player out of that, a controllable young, big, stretch yeah. big with high energy. Yeah, and he doesn't look like he should be able to do what he does, but he sometimes does protect the rim and he has the capability to rebound at a high rate. How he's going to do on switches. 
I think we're going to have to see. We're going to have to see. But that's what's so exciting about a guy losing this much weight is that you don't even know what player they are anymore. And it's all new. It's all new. So I'm looking forward to finding out. What do you think of the lineup that they closed with tonight? The jumbo lineup? Jumbo lineup. Is, and what did, So Mike Brown calls it the jumbo lineup. What did Kerr say he called it? Uh, the wishbone, I believe Kerr said. Uh, well, you know, I can understand jumbo. Why wishbone? Uh, I would have to know more about football probably to understand the wishbone formation and how it correlates with what they're talking about. Um, I like it. I think that um, in part what they're getting out of it, frankly, I think – Kai Bowman has been a very nice story, but he is a score-first point guard. And so not having him in there and having everybody share the ball, they can... Well, you replace him with Draymond, who is very much not a score-first. No, player. no, he's, he's, he's shoveling the ball uh, to anybody he sees who's open. So I think it's situational. I think there are some nights you're going to want ISO Kai and you're going to want him looking for his shot. Maybe you're going up against a team that doesn't give up anything easy on back cuts or what have you. Thunder. So, yeah, for instance. And you're going to want that from him. And I think on some other nights, um, him going ISO isn't the way to do it, and uh, the sharing approach is probably is probably better for getting everybody their shots. So I guess that's my thought on that lineup. So what do you think of the center spot as this is moving forward? Because you have Spellman who, uh, you know, he's not a true center, but he's kind of playing the five on this team. I think he makes sense even long-term on this team in that kind of five spot, stretch five. You got Marquise Chris, who's gaining a little bit more momentum after a slow start. Then you have Willie Cauley-Stein, 0-5 tonight. Really hasn't been good all season. Um, And then you have Kevon Looney now coming back. And even Alan Smilagic, who we won't probably see, but he is going to go down to the G League and and get some minutes. Like The big man spot, all five of their big men are now about to be healthy, um, including Looney, who's a guaranteed guy you're going to want to play 20 minutes. Um, Is Willie Cauley-Stein going to be getting DNPs potentially? It seems like he should be getting them, uh, just based on the level of play. Or, if your interest is in the top five pick, no, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) No, we weren't going to do this. Um, Yeah, based on deserve, based on deserve, that that seems to be the case. now, maybe. To me, he's starting to be, become the guy that maybe you look to, sh- to trade because, you know, maybe a team out there wants a big and, and feels like they can maybe unlock him a little bit. He had nice numbers, at, you know, in different seasons for Sacramento. Um, and that frees up not only the minutes that you're going to want for Spellman and Chris, but also a roster spot that you're going to want for Bowman or Damian Lee. I agree with that, although the center market is always very soft. I mean, that would be a trade that you were effectively making just to make room for others, I think. Um, Potentially, yeah. I think potentially, yeah. A lot of it would come down to what is he like at practice? What is he like in the locker room? Um, If he's a positive presence in those spaces, then you probably want to keep him around. But if he isn't or if he's neutral, then, yeah, I think that is is an option to explore because this season is all about player development. And Willie Cauley-Stein, even if he might be on the younger side, is a veteran who's probably more or less where he's going to be as an NBA player. What are you over here doing? Looking up Omari Spellman advanced stats? Yeah, I wanted to see the uh, per 36. That's what I was looking for for Spellman. I don't Did know you if find them. Well, I don't know if they're up yet calibrated for tonight's game. So, yeah, that's that's what I was doing. I wanted to see I wanted to see what the block numbers were. I wanted to see how much his numbers look like the numbers of a traditional big even if he doesn't look like a He's traditional big. He's had a big. top 5 offensive rebounding rate in the NBA this season. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, this is a Spellman podcast over here. Shouldn't it? Should it not be? I mean, well, I, I mean, Pat, Pascal went for what twenty five on seventeen shots. I mean, it's yeah, ju- old news. That's that, what he does. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that to me is the story in of itself. Is that when Pascal does this, we go, yeah, it's Pascal. It's Eric Pascal. You ever heard of him? You know, had twenty five. This guy, nobody in the Bay Area had ever heard of uh, a few months ago. Uh, now, uh, yeah, that's the the star of the team. Well, we haven't even uh, once again mentioned Alec Burke's name. I think he had twenty one, ten, and seven, and like sealed the game. Like, he did. He's another guy like Bowman who can find his own offense, and sometimes you wish he was dishing. But this game, he was. This game, he was fine. Seven assists. Yeah, seven assists. Um, although you just explained why we don't talk Alec Burks because you brought him up and then yawned into your microphone immediately after bringing him up. So that's that's why. That's why. So back to Amari Spellman. Amari Spellman, the fascinating Amari Spellman. This great quote. This man who loses the weight of an entire man who's nearly cried in two. Straight post games. He's he's on a four and fifteen team, and he's he's nearly emotionally been brought to tears. Talking out of, out of happiness, <laughs> one out of happiness, the other out of uh, anger that they lost in Salt Lake. He was like really frustrated with the late uh, mistake he made. Yeah, and you know he was, uh, you know he was kind of fighting it back a little bit. Like that is kind of what you want, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. it is. I mean, eventually you probably you you want you want him to care. He was saying in the press conference that he didn't love basketball for a while. Um, and so you want him to be passionate about basketball, ultimately, as a basketball team. Um, so, yeah, I think you do want him to care. Eventually, you probably want him to even it out a little bit and not, you know, be lacerating himself over a, over a minor mistake or two. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, especially, you know, as the games gain more importance and... Uh, you know, can you imagine after like a rough playoff loss? Like, can you imagine if he's J.R. Smith? Oh my God, I can't even envision that. Um, anyway, uh, the other interesting thing tonight, Steve Kerr. During, so the the Warriors are up ten, start of the fourth, or like you know, right around the start of the fourth. The, they give up a 10-0 run to the Bulls, make some mistakes, as young teams will do. Kerr breaks a clipboard, which isn't new. He's done it before. But while breaking the clipboard, cuts open his hand, yeah. and he's apparently bleeding over on the bench. Um, and he's bleeding on his new clipboard. Apparently he's bleeding on his pants. And, you know, I guess like that was that was odd. Yeah, did he hit a vein? I mean, how much how much hand blood? How much hand blood? I'm well, looking- Mari Spellman said Steve was leaking everywhere. I mean, I'm looking for pictures of this. Uh, no, that's from a while ago. Um, I want. I, hopefully, somebody has some some photos of this bloody clipboard. I am curious about this, this bloody hand. Um, yeah, that's kind of weird. I guess that's sort of. He just did it with more force than he's used to. I suppose. Um, again. Don't you want that if you're a Warriors fan? Don't you want Kerr to be passionate about it? Well, let's stay on that topic. They're four and fifteen. Yeah. How do you think he's coached this year? Because I think most people think he's doing a pretty job. Yeah, I, I don't have. You know, it's funny. I actually did have this conversation with him when the season. It was after Steph got hurt, uh, where he was basically saying, "Yeah, I know you guys have to rip me. You know, it's a different situation, different team." And I said to him, "I honestly don't even know." how we even judge this I don't even know how to judge a situation like this and that's just my honest my honest take on it I think what we're looking for is not it's not wins it's not it's development it's that these guys are playing well now if you have Pascal 
and now Spellman, who credited Kerr with uh, a lot of why he got confidence, and he had he admitted to confidence issues, which I've never, by the way, ever seen an NBA player do. Um, and you get you get these young guys who just Spellman's classic. I mean, yeah, Spellman's incredible. Um, <laughs> if if the if these guys are showing something that you wouldn't have expected and developing into legitimate rotation players for the future, that is what you want out of the Kerr season. So, given that. I would say thumbs up, but you know, I, I, I can't speak to some of the other considerations about this or that play that he called. Yeah, look, I think they've had some blunders late in games that are partially on him. Uh, I remember the Charlotte game that yeah. they lost at home. He made some mistakes. I thought he made some mistakes in the Thunder game the other day. But one thing I will say is like these young guys all seem to really like him. Uh, and not even just young guys, but like the younger veterans, the Glenn Robinsons who have been on five teams. He says the other day, I've never had a coach like this. And he's been on five teams with five different NBA coaches. Willie Cauley-Stein seems to really appreciate not just Kerr, but the environment that the Warriors kind of insulate them. We're, we're such jaded veterans, though, Anthony, that we've seen this flip the other way with players. Like Remember remember Caspi? Remember how in love with Kerr Caspi was oh, at the beginning? They were having a love story, and then, yeah, it, didn't, it wasn't great by the end. But uh, one thing about that is... Is the problem for Caspi was he was not ready for that winning kind of ferocious NBA environment where you're chasing titles and you're in the fishbowl at all times uh, where this is a very different environment they they can lose games or win games the fans don't seem to really matter it, it doesn't have any long-term effect uh, you don't you're not Omri Caspi you know with kind of jello legs as Steph Curry is kind of passing to you it's a young team where you can I don't know it, it's probably a good environment I think what we're learning is Kerr is kind of good in this type of environment for young players, just for their confidence, for their ease. They seem to like the way he talks to them, the way he deals with them. It's different than other coaches. It's different than the Byron Scotts of the world. Which is a little bit, I wouldn't say surprising, but counter-narrative. Going in, the word was, Steve doesn't want to develop guys. He's not a young player coach. And now, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe not. Maybe this is the kind of team for him. Well, I'm less than, like, I think it's still to be seen on the X's and O's aspect of it. You know, how much better do does Jordan Poole get, you know, as far as the game goes, and how much do they develop him? By as, the way, a, as we're talking, they're literally taking our seats. They're taking our seats out from under us. We are, uh, no, we're on, the, we're on the road where these seats stay. Oh, well. That's why we're sitting on this well, road. That's why you have me on this podcast later, is that uh, for keen observations like that one right there, where I'm not even sure whether or not my chair is attached to the ground. Uh, but, yeah, uh, whatever point you just said, I completely agree. I was just saying that I'm not sure we are considering Steve Kerr. Like, we don't know if he's going to develop these guys, you know, X's and O's-wise, their games, what will Jordan Poole become as a basketball player. I just think mentality-wise, yeah. he keeps but, these young players in the right mental place. Jordan Poole is the that, – that's, that's the more negative – that's the more negative storyline to bring up. And, look – you know, you, you draft guys outside the lottery, um, a majority of them don't make it, and if a guy from the second round like Pascal pops, then that's a successful that's a successful haul overall. But yeah, the Jordan the, the Jordan Poole experience is uh you know, you had twenty two minutes, I'm looking at it. Plus seven? Okay, okay. But again, O of four from Okay, three. okay. Okay, okay. Plus seven. Fantastic game from Jordan Poole. Anybody want Jordan Poole to the podium? Anybody? Uh, want so, so, if you go back to that legendary 2012 draft for the Warriors, they get Draymond at 35. They get Festus Azili at 30. So, like you said, if if they come out of this draft and it's just Pascal, 
into the future. And we don't know on Pool. Pool could eventually become a good player for them. That's still fine. Yeah, I think that no matter what happens with it, if those things happen, that's a very successful draft. It's just it would be nice if Pool could find his shot. And it's been bizarre. It's been bizarre. He's shooting free throw wise near 90%, you know, showing the shot form on the free throws, but wide open. And he had a couple wide open ones tonight, ones that he just has to have and continues to scuffle. And it's it's been a bit of a mystery as to what he's dealing with. All right, do you think anything else before uh, we scatter from this uh, arena takedown? Uh, no, just happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I uh, hope you have a great time. And uh, what's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Like That's that's the question. That's the question of the moment. I don't know. Mashed potatoes pretty good. Mashed potatoes? Wow. I go stuffing. I mean, to me. Uh, that's I'm not a stuffing fan. I'm a huge stuffing fan. Well, we end on that acrimonious note. Hold on quickly. I want a prediction. Uh, Five-game road trip. I mentioned the teams. Four of them are not good. What do they come back from this road trip? Five teams for like uh, two and three. Yeah, I think that's right. I don't think three and two is out of the question, but uh, two and three would be good for them. Remember, they are getting Looney back. Steve mentioned it tonight. Having nine players is a significant help from eight. Now soon they're going to have ten. So, and the other one is an adult NBA player. Come yeah, on, Looney. Yeah, stop sending these Warriors officials to Australia. They're going to not be even in the running for LaMelo at this at this rate. You know, they've got to uh, set their sights lower. LaMelo might go nine. All right, uh, I will talk to you from the road trip.